Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys rewatch Sex and the City with you. And just like that, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is john sieber and, and here welcome. we are episode three episode three of the rewatch everybody coming That's in right. hot. coming at you hot uh i'm i'm pumped up i'll tell you what yeah. um watching sex in the city for the first time ever mostly is very exciting but rewatching a great show with your bros that's where yeah. that's where it gets good yeah i love a good rewatch are you kidding me i know you Dude. do the second time's even better because it feels like you're feels like the the second year of uh, the f- the first family reunion was like wow this went really well should we do it again next year you come back everyone's like man let's keep these traditions let's add a few new ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yeah everybody, everybody know like your 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 uncle Wayne's gonna pass out like you you already <laughs> you've already experienced the bad part of, of Uncle Are Wayne we gonna do and the uncle yearly Randy? card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, it's not until year four that it blows up and someone from the family decides not to come back. Although this would be kind of like the the scenario you're describing is more like if you relived your family, your family reunion is Groundhog Day. Like you just show up and the exact thing, same thing happens. You just know more about it. Ned is like Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. Well, that's what that's what those things are. That's what traditions are. Yeah, but they don't happen. They don't. You don't show up and just watch the same thing happen verbatim. Not verbatim, but that's that's not what this is. This is the conversation. Is the difference? I feel like you guys are starting this podcast off with a healthy debate. This is great. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not just watching the show. We're watching. We talk. So it's yeah. Yeah, I understand your I understand your premise. I'm just here to poke holes in it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the thing that no one needs to poke holes in is the fact that you're wondering where episode two is that's on our patreon can i be the little swiss boy who just sticks my finger in those holes plug up the dike yeah Yeah. plug up that dike plug up that dike man get your little wooden shoes on is that who did it dutch it's a dutch boy dutch boy old dutch boy if you want to listen to uh models and mortals or if you want to listen to whatever the next episode is we watch uh the valley of 20 something i think valley of 20 something guys Hop on that Patreon, throw us, throw us five bucks a month. 
be our little uh be our little patrons and we'll we'll be a little and we'll be your little uh we'll whisper in your little ear. Gross. Our little Don't thoughts say that. on the pod. Stop oh, it. Oh man, we're definitely hey, not gonna new patrons hey, for that. Yeah. Hey, listen, we respect you as customers. Be our little patrons will whisper in your little ears. Come on, man. It's twenty twenty one, man. Do we Don't, record we do a Patreon episode with just Kevin doing ASMR? Yeah, all of our Patreon Patreon episodes are ASMR. <laughs> what what'd you guys think? What'd you guys think of of hold, when hold on. Skipper? What'd you think of when Skipper didn't buy that cereal? Did you find it to be what is that? What are you clicking? Clicking my mouse just to give some little, uh, do some, uh, little, yeah, doing this. Is these are some earrings that Katie, these are some earrings that Katie bought. This is the top of my Coke Zero can. <laughs> this is definitely the worst bet we've ever done. That's 100%. You like, you go back into the archives. First of all, this is the thing I like about the rewatch, but what scares me about the rewatch is that, like, you know, we have 142 other episodes and, um, just on the main feed and, Someone could be showing up right now, listening <laughs> to the AM, ASMR bit, and they're like, I'm out. They have no idea about Cajun Feminist. Come they have on, no guys. idea about yeah. They have no idea about the greatest hits of what we've had in the past. So yeah. I, you guys got it. You know that like sometimes the bits turn out to be an ASMR bit the they just don't hits, work. Uh, what about the greatest hits of the current, of the present, and the future? ASM, <laughs> ASMR, ASMR Patreons? Kevin comparing watching Sex and the City to Groundhog's Day. We have the ASMR bit. We have you, us warming up to our Tony Robbins before before yeah. the show starts pumping. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the podcast, but before we hit play, we do what famed motivational speaker and accused grifter Tony <laughs> Robbins does. Uh, we we raise our hands in the air and then we pump them down like we're doing a chest pull down and we breathe in and out. We just go, let's do it for two seconds, John. Ready? One, two, three. John and Kevin, ready? Go. Another, another horrible, horrible another bit horrible as we're just blowing bit. into the word. I'm listen. It is funny though because Kevin always just kind of does like like Kevin he's, does uh, a slow motion. Roof. Kevin Kevin does Chance the Rapper mid show walking out being like, "Hey everyone!" Hey. Hey. And I hold I hold my mic so I so I do one hand so it's I'm only weak. half pumped. Why do you yeah. hold your mic? Yeah, why do you well, hold your mic? Is you a stand up guy? No, well, be- <laughs> <laughs> you're always trying, you're always trying to do a show. No, I um. Because I've I move my setup occasionally. Um, I think finally I'm I'm finally in like a home base, so I think I might set it up now. But uh, I've had to move around so much that I <laughs> I've gotten used to not having it. And then when I traveled, when I was in when I was in Columbus, and I took my stuff home, then that's when I got used to it. And since then, mm. I've been like, eh. All right. Yeah, you know, I've seen keeps, a lot of keeps me engaged. I've seen a lot of. Uh, very professional podcast where someone's just sitting on a couch holding a mic. The podcasting has gotten just so laissez-faire that like you're you're amongst the greats, Kevin. A lot of the people hold their mics. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mic holder. Um, I'm John a- and I John and I go radio style. Mm-hmm. We go Stern style. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, the Golden Globes were yesterday? Did you guys see that? Uh, we did. We did. Uh, we had some stuff up on our Instagram of uh, of the girls in the Golden Globes, like when uh, when Carrie Bradshaw, aka Sarah Jessica Parker, won in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did watch part of the Golden Globes, and I rewatched some things online today, like Jason Sudeikis's speech in a tie dyed hoodie when he won for Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Lasso, 
fantastic God. show. Have both Ted Lasso is great. It? It's so good. It's oh, awesome. Man. So I yeah. put a uh, I put con- on the Instagram I put congrats to the Golden Globe, Globe winners specifically the ones that won best comedy 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and Kristen Davis said LOL. That nice. it's it's pretty amazing when you think about like I mean you and I were talking about this today Kevin but like the whole category of like comedy and musical but now you think about like what would be in there is a comedy and musical only for movie? Or is that for TV show too? I think it's for TV too. No, because it's comedy series. I don't know if there's... Maybe it's mu- maybe it's not musical for TV show. Maybe it's just comedy. But it's interesting to think of like that Sex and the City was a comedy. Because I mean, I think it's very funny. We all think it's really funny. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's pretty interesting and pretty cool that it would win for best comedy. Because when you think of comedies now, you would think of like, you it, know... That's what the, a wonderful the best comedy is. It won, yeah. it, won, it won for best comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's <clears throat> awesome. I mean, also like when um, I've done that. this for the Sopranos before and it's crazy because like the Sopranos <clears throat> was up against the practice and mm-hmm. NYPD blue. The only other show that was like, I think on, on a new, new level of like modern television was um, uh, West wing Mm-hmm. But let's let's see what Sex in the City was up to. I bet it was up against. Let's see if we can do it. It was up against Will and Grace. I bet. Uh huh. Okay. This is two thousand. Was it up against Friends? You think? Friends probably. Will and Grace. Friends. Was Friends still going in two thousand? Si- yes, because Seinfeld finished in ninety nine. Okay. No, I am the wrong person. To- um, I don't even know what a Golden Globe is. <laughs> what else go- would it be? Dharma and Greg. I'm just thinking of other two person shows. <laughs> Darwin um, and Greg, I feel like might have been done by then. It might maybe. Um uh, so was Frasier in year two thousand, right? Was Frasier around? That's a good question. Thank okay, you. Okay, Frasier, yeah. So Frasier, Frasier, Sex in the City, um, Friends. Uh what was the other one you said, Kevin? Um okay, okay. I, I almost got it. This will be fun, actually. It's gonna be really fun. Um <laughs> Original score. Here we go. Okay, not here we go. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, I got it. So we have Will and Grace is one. Mm-hmm. No friends. I was right on Darman and Greg. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, there are there are. What what do you think since two thousand? This is another question. What do you think the most amount of time that's gone by with someone not referencing Darman and Greg? Do you think an entire year has gone by without someone in the world not referencing Dharma and Greg? No, because the internet, anytime, like there's always something on the internet. So Do you even think a if a day has gone by, no, no. Do you think an hour? No, I think. Yeah, I think an hour is probably gone. Not twenty four. <laughs> no, twenty four is pushing it. Twelve hours. Can we, get a, we need to get a counter. We need to devise a Dharma and Greg, Greg counter reference counter and see how <laughs> see how long we can Whoa. go. That's get like you do Twi- like let's let's get someone get on Twitter and just look Twitter up right Darman and Greg. The last okay, time I, the hashtag Darman. All right, keep going. So listen, we got Sex in the City, Darman Greg, Will and Grace. There are two other shows. Two other shows. I can give you hints. Is one of them like Third Rock from the Sun? No, that's a good guess. Um, I'll, I'll Ra- give you a hint. Fraser's not Fraser's not on there. Fraser's not on there. Uh, one of them had, I believe, the first female orgasm on primetime television was on the show. I love Lucy. 
And it was Ethel. Uh, it was wait, Fred. Was it, it was Fred getting Ethel off. <laughs> was it the Smurfs with Smurfette? No. Um, she is a girl had an orgasm on a horse. Uh, um, I believe this is correct. It's also a law firm. I believe this is a law firm. Allie McBeal. Allie McBeal. Okay, yeah, law firm got me. Allie First, first, nice one. Um, you know what it sounded like when she had that orgasm? <laughs> it was more, ASM, more <laughs> ASMR forever. <laughs> All right, ready? The last one. What do you think the last one is? Um, oh, Allie McSqueal. Um, <laughs> um, oh, what else? Uh, is it a show that like we would be like, oh, that show? Or is it like Herman's Head or some show like that? that like, no um, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty massive show. Um, it was a pretty massive show. It looks like it was on six seasons, but mm-hmm. there was a major, I mean, it was, it was a big ass show, but it, it is not necessarily like in the pantheon of great television, but when it was on, it was a big deal. Hmm. Uh, there's no way I can get it. It's, do you think we could get it, Kevin? I think you could get it if you went back to the future and really saw what like, was going on. What on was the going show. on in 2000? Yeah, you just have to kind of go back to the future and think about that. Uh, I mean, like, there's, um, because I wonder how many of our listeners have already gotten it right now. I know are someone in our screaming. I just dropped screaming. a major Drop hint. Allie McSqueal bit. It's this. <laughs> it's this. When you said go back to the future, is it? Uh, is it? Um, does it have Michael J. Fox in it? Correct. Ooh. Oh, it's uh, what's that? What was that show? Um, I, I it's on the tip of my tongue. Sex in the City. Oh, spin, spin City. Spin City. Spin City. Spin City. Uh, so those were it. So, so many the people first, were on Spin City. Uh, by the way, Hart Kevin. was on Spin City. Great subtle clue right there. Good job. Hey. Great subtle clue. The, yeah, the quiz job. man's here for you. So listen, listen how <laughs> fucking iconic this year was. The Sopranos and Sex in the City won. So it was the Sopranos, Sex in the City. So is this yep. the year that's like putting HBO on the map? Yeah. This is like, this is the year... So I mean, from when HBO went from like like a like boxing and real sex to like a powerhouse and and programming. Yes, if I could go, Jeez. let me look. Yeah, because the most awards, The Sopranos won the most awards that year, um, and then I believe the year before was Saving Private Ryan, where it was the movies. Let's get down to TV. The so practice Globe just does everything. So it's like TV. What is it? All entertainment. Uh, they do TV and film, but listen to the year before. So the year before the practice and Allie McBeal won ER Felicity law and order X files for drama, Allie McBeal, Dharma and Greg Frazier, just shoot me spin city. So the year after that HBO mm-hmm. came on the fucking scene with, uh, with sex in the city and the Sopranos. That's just unbelievable. That's like one of the most iconic years in television history right there. That's pretty James Gandolfini okay. won Best Actor. Hey. And then here's another interesting thing. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker won for Best Actress. So they won, Edie, Edie Falco won for Best Actress. So Sopranos won Best Actor and Actress. HBO, Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> won Best Comedy. And then the Sopranos also won Best Supporting. But wow. here's what's interesting. Wow. Nancy Marchland, who played, she played wow. Tony's mom in it. She won Best Supporting. And then Kim Cattrall and Cynthia Nixon were up against her. So they had comedy and drama were up for best supporting in the same 
oh, wow. Wow. thing. So they don't wow. separate for best supporting, I guess. So that's amazing. Pretty wild stuff. That there. is very wild. Um, uh, hey, I just want to let you guys know that while you were going through that, I looked on Twitter and someone tweeted about Darman and Greg 11 hours ago. Oh, oh man. All right. Keep it. Keep it. There watch. are way more Darman and Greg tweets on Twitter than you would think. Really? Wow. Well, someone, because 21 hours ago, someone said, pick a sitcom from this list tonight and I'll binge rewatch tweet about the one with the most replies. And someone replied 11 hours ago, I have, I'd, I'd have picked Darman Greg. I love that show and I don't know where to watch it anymore. And someone said, it's on Hulu. And the person said, thanks. So there you go. Okay. Uh-huh. Can I give you guys one more deep cut and I'll give hints, but one more deep cut. The person that won Cecil B. DeMille Award, that's the Lifetime Achievement Award, has a Sex in the City connection the same year that it won that. Okay. And it is a, it is a reference at the end of season two, I believe. Oof. And it is a movie that is, ref- she's the star of the movie that is referenced in, at the end of season two or three when, when, they're, they're, when they're referring to yes. the, his engagement. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, it's the movie. What is the name of that movie? It's, um, you don't need to name the movie. You need yeah. to name the actress. That's the star of the movie. I'm also, also she's a Jewish woman and she was in a relationship with an, an Arab man. And then they, in central park, they were going to do a concert and they threatened to assassinate her. So she quit performing for like 30 years. Uh, she also is Rosie O'Donnell's favorite singer. Wait, is it, um, uh, she's a Yenta. It's, um, you know, when you just like blank and you completely know what it is, it's, uh, she, she, she directed Yentl, right? She she directed Yentl and she starred in it. Yeah. It's, um, oh my gosh. Why did I just like, she's one of the highest selling musical artists of all time. It's, um. Good Lord. People are screaming. People are so right mad. Now. Stop. This hey, started, everyone stop yelling. This started happening a couple of years ago when I just like would like see things, but like couldn't remember them anymore. My, she has the same first name Barbara as my Streisand. mother. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. There we go. Good Lord. That was terrible. <laughs> wow. A game changing right. Golden Globes and a game changing episode of this podcast. And now we get to go watch <laughs> like it. like that. Let's go watch some Sex and the City. All right. Uh, we're about season- to watch one episode three bay of married pigs bay of married pigs is that wait is that the one we're watching yeah i thought that was episode four no it is bay of married pigs today that's right all right do you do you do y'all remember anything about bay of married pigs no not no, now I, think I will when i start watching it but yeah yeah don't. me too i don't either all right well all right, we'll be back get into it Bye. episode three bay of married pigs Carrie is invited to Patience and Peter's Hampton's house, but in the morning she bumps into Peter in the hall without his underwear on. Some friends introduce her to Sean, the marrying guy, but when she can't keep up with his quick march to marriage, he ditches her for commitment file Charlotte. Miranda's colleague from work introduces her to a lesbian at a baseball game, and they are invited to her senior partner's dinner party as a couple. And now... Back to the boys. And we're back. Welcome with the back. Good muffins. The good yeah. muffins, the salt, good. salt pepper dick. Yep. All the Dude. things. Bay of Bay of Married Pigs. Bay of Married Pigs was 
I've been wondering why this is called Bay of Married Pigs. I know there's the Bay of Pigs invasion, which happened mm-hmm. during Kennedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would this be the Bay of Married Pigs? Was there, was it the, did, did they go into the invasion and they were like, it was a, it was a cold war. Yeah. She, and in her, when she was writing her first laptop, um, I kind of couldn't help but wonder scene. She was comparing, uh, dating in New York city to the cold war. Okay. And my question right is, na- uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, single, single people and married people are in like a, a standoff, right? Cold war. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean, I guess, I guess also the guy was a pig. Is yeah. that, it does. It seems like you just call the episode, the cold war instead of, <laughs> well, they do that Mitten. later though. Yeah, but it's <laughs> that's what they like said when they named it, when they named the later one that they're like, oh shit, oh yeah, shit. shit! Remember how we ham-fisted Bay of Married Pigs together? Well, it kind of worked. But you're I, telling uh, me though, you're telling me that this was based off of a historical, a historical event called the Bay of the Bay of Pigs. Bay of pigs. Wait, the Bay of Pigs invasion? So what you're I telling me? That, I believe the what, Bay of was Bay of Pigs the Cuban part of the Cuban Missile Crisis? Here's the... Well, the reason I'm confused is I only know about Bay of Pigs from one thing, and it's... <laughs> it's just from the Billy Joel song. That's funny. Bay of Pigs Invasion. That's um, a really good... JFK! Blown away! Um, so he, here's my question about this episode that Katie and I started talking about briefly. Is like I feel like they're... They... they felt an immense amount of pressure to get married as single people in New York. Um, And I know this was like 1999 and Mm -hmm. potentially a very different social circle than we are used to roaming in. Mm -hmm. But um, I was single in New York from the 2010s all the way to the 2016s. And Mm. uh, like, do you guys feel an immense amount of pressure to get married in the city? Um, Is that because our, our, and if no, is it because of our social circle or is it just like a different time and place? Is it because you're men? Like I, Katie said she didn't feel that kind of pressure when she lived in New York. Mm. And, and I'd love to talk about that. They're I, older. How, how old are, how they're old are they They're mid-30s. Right they're mid-30s. They're like 30. I think they're like 35, 36 when the show starts. That's so I point. think if Katie was 35, they're 36 now, she might feel that. But mm. But none of them seem to feel the pressure that I, I feel like women that we know that are 35, 36 uh, and most women I'm assuming uh, feel that pressure because like if they want to have kids, there seems there's kind of, that's kind of like a, a point when you get to the place where it's like, if you're going to have kids, you should do it now. Um, but none of them seem to feel a self-imposed pressure. I feel like that pressure seems to be self-imposed from the, from uh, people that I'm friends with. It didn't mm. seem like they felt that at all. It seemed like they felt it. They felt this. They, it, it felt like they were like the married people in their lives saw them as a threat and didn't like them because well, they were single. They said, and this is at, at their chat and <clears throat> they say something that I think is very interesting. I haven't digested it fully yet, but um, Charlotte says she feels as a single person, she feels like a loser. Miranda mm-hmm. says she feels like a leper and Samantha mm. feels like a whore. And I think like loser leper whore is like a great, um, 
Christian rock album from like the early nineties, maybe. Um, <laughs> so good. Loser Leper Whore was <laughs> Loser Leper Whore, Jars of Clay. But um <laughs> like I think I think that's like really interesting that those are the insecurities that they feel for being single women. And Miranda mentions again about being a leper when she was uh, an outcast at her law firm for not having a uh, a partner. Right. Um and but I wonder like when um charlotte feels like a leper or i mean i guess samantha like mentions at the party she's like i slept with that guy i slept with that guy i slept with that Mm -hmm. guy um and i just thought that was like a really catchy loser leper horror but also like very interesting that they were feeling that way yeah i i I think re i think if we i think if we stepped back and didn't adjust to our our experience of our 20s and adjusted to 34 to 36. I mean, even in quarantine, me and you were talking about it, Corey, like we've had three or four friends that have gotten married in the past year and, or that people that for a while, like we used to hang out with and we're like, Oh, like we would see them all the time. And then they're like dating a guy and it's like, Oh, we haven't seen this person for a while. And I don't think they'd be, they would mind if we mentioned it on the podcast or anything, but it's like, there's like four or five people that we had mentioned and they're right in the demo that these girls from sex in the city are in. And so yeah. I, I think that like first time around I was 31 when we started watching 31 or 32. I thought you were going to say first time around I was 31 when I got engaged. And then I was like, there's a second, there was a second time around <laughs> already. No, I, I, was 20, I was 27, which is crazy. That's yeah. Wild. It's crazy. It's like not crazy for a lot of places, but I do feel like for New York, like a lot of times you, you meet, I feel like we have a lot of friends that were not married when they were 27. Yeah. And we um, have I mean, not many friends at all that were married when they were in their early 20s. I think also, let's let's think about it this way. Like they're, they're, one thing I love about the episode is like they're still in like, if you were writing the idea for the show, this is still in your top five ideas that you're just like, oh, married people versus single people. And it's like, right. you know, when you, you're, a lot of times first and second ideas are so good because they're the first, they're like the mm-hmm. freshest meat on the bone that everybody wants mm-hmm. to see this show. This episode is like that in that way. But I think also that, um, that they flip the script to be like, most of the time it's it depicted on television and like culturally it's like the girl wanting to be married. So they flipped it by being like, I'm Carrie. Am I crazy? I don't want to be married mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And the guy. So when we're thinking about this being first aired, I don't think you'd normally see this guy. That's like a baby toy. Like let's get married. And she's like, mm-hmm. Oh, am yeah. I, that's particularly pathetic that, that he, is- he saved that baby toy since, since he was an Aspen like three years ago. Is there anything, John, that oh, really? You- <laughs> Because I have this Himalayan rock salt thing that I have for my child to play with sitting <laughs> at my desk right now. Dude, I love a Himalayan salt lamp. We put Dude, one yeah. of those on our wedding registry and we ended up getting like seven of them. <laughs> I, I don't really understand it. What, what's the, what's the, are they calming? Is that Spiritual what it is? powers. They're supposed to give you like, uh, like they're supposed to be like those copper bracelets, I think, but they just look okay. cool when all the lights are off. That's, that's uh, basically Spiritual it. powers. I went on a date yeah. with a girl and she said she ran out of salt one time and then she took a hammer and started like knocking that. Dude, that's next <laughs> level. Yeah. <laughs> I licked one one time. They definitely taste salty. That's pretty um, next level. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, 
I want to, I also want to ask you two, because like they, they mentioned these things like, like specifically about like what they hate about being single. And like, mm-hmm. I'd be curious to get your, your guys POV. Is there like, when you yeah, look the- at some of your married friends, um, is there, is there something let's break, let's get down, let's break it down here. Is there let's something that you down. guys like hate about being single that like you wish, uh, you can have that you see in married friends or are you guys like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. But like being single is great. I I think that I am am uh I, I remember a friend <laughs> told me what if I just what what start crying. <laughs> if start you crying. just like went so hard to just be like, I am not fulfilled. I, I <laughs> I've been waiting for the rewatch to talk about the fact that there's a hole in my life. Um, um so um <laughs> and um, i just feel like <laughs> it's funny you ask that john because um, <laughs> I, I i booked a flight to go to aspen to buy baby toys <laughs> um <laughs> no, we laugh because it hurts <laughs> <laughs> um no i i was pausing because i remember to think a friend told me he lived in New York. Uh, we went to college together and then like we reconnected when I first moved here and we were both like older, like in our late twenties at that point. And, um, he was talking about all our friends from college getting married before us. Uh, Cause like, I'm, you know, kind of like both of you, but like, I have a ton of friends that got married right out of college, like mm-hmm. very young. And, um, he was saying, he was like, he was like, you and I, he was like, you and I don't necessarily need to get married. And what he meant by that, it wasn't like, hey, bro, we can be out there all the time. He was just like, he was like, we're both like capable dudes. We're not like, there are some guys that are like, I need to get married to live the rest of my life because I can't do anything. And I I have to go work and mm-hmm. someone has to set up my life. And he was Dude, like, the married version of Capote Duncan. I need to get yeah, married exactly. tonight. <laughs> I got to get married tonight. But he was like, he was like, we're both capable people. And he's like, and also I think socially we were really good at like holding a social network of friends without needing like, it, it, we never needed to be in a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. there are people that like, they mm-hmm. need oh, to be yeah. in a relationship. Like we had both had good relationships. We just didn't need to. So I, I see it kind of both ways. I mean, I think the thing that I am probably the most jealous of is like when I have hung out with you and Katie, John, or like other married friends there, sometimes there is the weird thing of like leaving alone and then being like, well, Mm. back to my thoughts and my couch, Mm. you know, and being like, oh, you just always have this other friend to hang out with. However, there are sometimes though, and it's happened more in quarantine we're like, I have a day and then I'm like, I'm going to go on a run now. And then I come home and then do this. And I'm like, it is awesome being mm. autonomous and just like doing your own freaking thing. And it's not even like I could date whoever I want. It's, it's just like, it's really fun to live life by yourself sometimes. Mm. So mm-hmm. I, I, it goes both ways. I, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, and then I'll shut up is that like, I miss, I wonder about like the thing that you and Katie or people in healthy marriages have where it's like, you've kind of got this partner to go through these steps of life and it accelerates your life where you're like, Oh, we're going to start a family. We're going to buy a house or we're going to like start a business together or whatever, or just Mm -hmm. have more social time. Uh, I think it's possible to sometimes top out as a single person where Mm -hmm. you're just like, 
I just do what I want, but you might not hit those other things. And that worries mm. me sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> I think like, I, I do think that there's like, uh, I've never been a super girlfriend guy. Like, um, there's it's some people. It's a plane. It's super She's got girlfriend great guy. It's super girlfriend guy. I also like <laughs> instead of this guy wants to get married so hard, his his name should be Companion Duncan. He's not Capote <laughs> Duncan. He's Companion Duncan. <laughs> I got to get married tonight. <laughs> anyway, I you've never say, been a super girlfriend. I went guy. to Aspen and I got to get married to tonight. <laughs> um, this it's so funny. This like feels like slightly slightly too specific therefore like extra vulnerable but uh-huh. i will say that the two things that like really make me want to have like be like oh i'd like to be married or in like a relationship are when i make breakfast on weekends mm, anytime i'm yes. anytime i like have a free day and i'm like making breakfast i'm like oh It'd be nice yeah. if I had just got to fry an extra piece of bacon for my <laughs> girlfriend who's a vegetarian, but she's going to get into it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it, or, or going like on a quick, like a quick trip out of the city that I think like mm. there's sometimes when you're normal in the city or just in life, you can pack it full of things that are truly fulfilling that it's like, I have like some artistic things that I work on with myself and with other people and I have like friendships and I love my work and I'm close to my family members. And so there's not that much that I'm just like, oh man, like I'm missing out. And then sometimes if you go, if like a few friends are like, like you and Katie, you're like, we're going upstate. You're like, oh yeah, I think I probably just don't do that as much yeah. because, but like when me, 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 Corey and Harlan, the dancer <laughs> on Valentine's day. And it didn't, it, it just so happened. We we're like, Hey, in two weekends and it happened to be Valentine's day. Yeah. But that night, some of you may have seen it on our Instagram. We just got blitzed out of our minds on <laughs> like wine. We got four bottles of wine, five bottles of wine that cost $170. Six so bottles of wine, I think. Well, one was a one was a magnum, so it was five bottles, but one was a double bottle. Oh, right, and um, and and one you had gotten uh, some stuff to celebrate, uh, some like great stuff that happened to Harlan. So you got some champagne too. Yeah. So, and it was like, <laughs> it was it wasn't until the way home that I was like, oh yeah, like it'd be great to do that with not your do that again with a girl. <laughs> this is the difference between that trip is that I had taken a trip. I think I think maybe each one of us had without like outing in his personal life. Like I think each one of us had taken a trip with a romantic interest to the same town in the past. (laughs) And I had like, like gone to a super nice restaurant and there was like this like great, like it was just like a great weekend. And this time, and so like I had had that experience this time I went on a hike in the snow and then I slept in a single room Hampton Inn with two other adult dudes and we just drank a ton of wine. It was great. What did you guys watch on the hotel TV? That's what I want to know. We watched, <laughs> we watched a lot we, of local news. No, <laughs> we watched local news and then we watched Wipeout reruns. <laughs> oh my gosh, we watched Wipeout, which Dude, is like... How, the, how great is hotel Wipeout, TV? Hotel TV is... <laughs> it was so fun. It was, you know, you're right. Hotel TV is amazing. We, not, we never... We don't have a TV in our bedroom. We don't. We don't want a TV in our bedroom. Not judging anyone that does. Right. But when we go to hotels, we get in 
we lay in bed and the TV is on the entire time. And like yeah. some of the best TV watching we ever had, Pitbulls and parolees. We go to <sighs> we go HGTV. It's just like yeah. the most fun. I'll tell you, because this was in Beacon. The last the last little upstate date that I went on was the same town that we went to our Valentine's Day thing. Yep, and it or was engaged. like engaged Mount Beacon. Yeah, you got engaged there. Oh man, that is see that's a special <laughs> see you got engaged there, but I went and slept in the same bed with Kevin <laughs> as an adult there, while another man slept in the bed beside me, and then we freaking woke up the next morning and went to Panera. We had a grand <laughs> old time. So who had the better weekend, John? You yeah, tell me. So have 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 fun being engaged. <laughs> hey, huh? huh? I bet you didn't subscribe to Panera's monthly coffee club. <laughs> coffee we didn't either, club. but we saw that it advertised. Yeah, and we could have. How good are bread bowls? You guys, you guys have heard me talk about this before, but I need oh, to yeah. start the podcast. Dude, I, I my- honestly, it started as a joke, <laughs> but no lie. I think one of the best wedding meals you could have is a bread bowl soup buffet. I think yeah. it would be oh, like, you man. get a bread bowl. There's like six different soups. You got your clam chowders. You got your French <laughs> onions. You got your broccoli cheddars. And you can just get in there artisanal or small bread bowl and uh, just fill, fill it up. And then it's no so dance fun. floor. Everyone just like goes and naps. on. Everyone, just, go, yeah, everyone just goes and farts soup and, and falls asleep. But that's fine. It's great. Fun. I mean, I, I mean, I think I think this this episode, I think, gets down to like gets down to one of the early uh, whether people totally relate to it or not it is definitely or totally feel comfortable there is a definite moment in your 30s whether you specifically do that you just start Mm -hmm. see people peeling off and so you can totally not relate to those characters but that doesn't matter because the the experience is true that is just like oh if we if we went to a big party of all of the exact friends we hung out with seven years ago, there would be a bunch of kids at that party, and those would all have been unmarried people seven or eight years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm, yeah. The, um, the ta- yeah. The times that I think being, um, the times I think not being married has been weird. Has been weddings that I've been invited to where I didn't know a lot of people besides the bride and groom. And uh, yeah. I got, I got invited to a wedding and I was like a last minute addition. Cause I had just met the bride and groom like a few months before they got married mm-hmm. and they were super awesome and being like, Hey, why don't you come to our wedding? And they like sent me, so they sent me a thing. And then I put in a wrote in a guest and then I got an email that was like, Hey dude, um, we love <laughs> you so much. Uh, we can't bring a guest. And so, <laughs> and they were like, but this other dude will be here and he's not bringing a guest either. So me and that guy just like rolled together but everyone else was married. So the then dream, it was just, the dream so was, was for them fun. to say this other girl who's I know. super cute is going to be there too. And then you get the romance flavor going and I you're know. like, you're I mean, in a strange thing. And that. it's just like, what, what room three Oh four. Let's, let's go watch Wipeout together. Clothes on. <laughs> We're just going to throw on some local news. You like local news. <laughs> you like local news. Hey, put the, the little baggie in and I'll go and and I'm going to go fill the ice up and then we're going <laughs> to drink water out of plastic cups. <laughs> the the good hotels are the ones that have two glass cups in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Except it's real it, I'm always a little scared I'm going to drop them on the ground and shard my feet up. Ooh. But the other the other time that it has been tough uh and I wonder what is this experience like for everyone else is is quarantine. 
quarantine was oh, yeah. very hard not being married or in a relationship and living alone. Also very That's, hard and not, not true to my relationship necessarily, but also very hard if you are married because yeah, true. a lot of people realize they probably didn't like their spouse or girlfriend or partner as much as they thought they did. Yeah. I haven't there was just an article in the, in the times today, the, uh, new, the, the, the new, new York, York times. <laughs> Sorry. The, and, uh, but it was, uh, a COVID casualty, uh, married, uh, married couples sex. Mm. They're saying that sex rates between married couples have plummeted over the past year. Interesting. Really? Yeah. It's kind huh. of a bummer. Well, yeah. So it's primary, primary couples and single people. So I know. Sex, I wrote into the New York Times. Whole, I was like, it's not just married people. <laughs> <laughs> what about the people that live alone? Well, what okay, about the people me, that have to go find someone that wants to have sex with them? Still. <laughs> Let's flip it real quick, John. So in this episode, she goes out to the Hamptons. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny. We were like, I was like, I don't remember what this episode was. And then I was like, oh, it's Pepper right. Miltic. Yeah, yeah. Good but, reference. But before they have the weird thing, it's still so weird when he's just drinking the coffee, Porky Pig, and in front of her. Like, Dude, I don't, he just doesn't. What's I, I don't understand his game. Death. Yeah, exactly. What is he doing? Like, I think his, his game, game. I think his game is to, because she doesn't get it either. And I think it's like. I'm I'm married. This is the way that I can uh with with some because because the wife is like not totally shocked, but I think what he's doing yeah. is just being yeah. like I'm happily married. It's not sexual. I'm just this is my little way to act out. Weird. It's my little way to like get a thrill because I'm in I'm I'm married now. That's just what I I think it is based on their <clears throat> convert based I mean, on their chat and chew where she's like it's not it wasn't sexual. I think it's his way of just being like getting a little weird cheap like, thrill it's like, it's like also, a little creepy i mean I, i'm super team carry this watch through but like maybe she's slight a slightly maybe this is like the first sign of her being an unreliable narrator where it's like maybe he was just walking to the bathroom with his dongus out but like what mm-hmm. she saw was him standing there like creepy grinning at, at her i don't know no well the thing it i was, was just flip so though, weird yeah go ahead i know it I, it's very weird the thing i want to ask though is that then before that happens, the couple, she's like, everyone at a Hamptons house invite has a sink for their supper. And so as a single person, you got to tell what it's like. Do you That's, ever feel like, do you guys ever feel like that? Like you on the other side of me and Kevin, when you're married, you'd be like, Oh, I wonder like, what are you doing? You know, I don't feel like you ever feel like that. You you're, you're interested when one of us is dating someone, but yeah, no, I, I think that like, uh, let me let me think about my my response here, but I I don't necessarily think of relationships as an exchanging of like services or commodities. It's not You're like, right. and I think a lot of, and I think the unfortunate thing about the world is a lot of people do. It's like, what can I give you, and in return get from you? And like, mm-hmm. that's not how I necessarily view friendships or my partnership with Katie or any any relationship in my life because. I think if you do, and this is getting a little bit tangential, but if you do like view relationships as <laughs> uh, like on of an exchanging of, of things that you can get, it's, it seems to leave one person feeling um, like cheapened out on, on, mm. on the exchange. And so, no, like uh, I'm generally interested in the two of you. And I think you guys are generally interested in, Katie and I, and I think that's like what makes um, a solid, um, a solid relationship. But I, I hmm. imagine like th- 
in our in Katie's <clears throat> life, there have been um, like clients of ours where it's definitely like sing for your supper. And literally, we went out for one of our clients' um, uh, birthday parties, and and Katie literally had to like perform karaoke for her. And Katie was like, "I feel like if I don't do this, I'm not going to get invited back for work." And it was like the most <laughs> real sing for your supper scenario that I've ever seen. Oh yeah, which was funny. I- I've seen that happen at jobs before. Just, you know, I mean, I think everyone probably sees that depending on some jobs. I mean, <clears throat> when you think about it, like everybody goes through, I mean, not everybody, but m- even if you go older, like it's funny looking into the future of the series and knowing that it's like they can say all this now, but, you know, Samantha's the only person that ends up living, living that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because, at a certain point, I mean, being in quarantine kind of taught everyone this, that it's like at a certain point, like, yeah, there's only so many movies you can watch. There's only so many times you can yeah. get drunk. There's only so many, uh, I heard someone talking about, it. they're like, yeah, at a certain point you've, you've gone to all the restaurants, you've seen all the movies, you've done all the things. What else is there left to do? Get married. And I don't think that's the best attitude. I don't think you need to go into it with that attitude. But I think a lot of people, you do all those things and then it's like, okay, what more do I want out of life life that is like a slight investment in the future? And I think that a lot of times those those people then are sort of like, ah, just tell me about like, what'd you do this weekend? It's like, oh, we went to this thing and then there was this party in Bushwick and then we went to that. It's like, ah, that's awesome. And it's Mm. like... They don't want to do that because if they wanted to, they would probably even still be like, whatever, I'll ask my husband or I'll tell my wife and like we'll yeah. do it once a month. But it's like, it's fun to like relive those the same way in college. It's like, right. I don't want to drink three, four locos, but the time I did it and we played Madden all night was fun. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, uh, <clears throat> there's another question that I had. Um, she she mentioned, mentions like this relationship, like trying on a DKNY dress. Like, yeah. you know, you're not going to get it, but you want to try it on to see if it fits. And this is like what she, how she kind of approaches this relationship. And, um, do you think that's a fair analogy? Is that like an appropriate way to view relationships? Um, and I guess my question is with, with this guy in particular, do you think Carrie knew right away that, uh, it wasn't going to work and she still just like wanted the fling? Or talk to me about like like your views on the line, like try someone on just to see if it fits. I think the scenario that happened with her, because she didn't seem into it from the beginning, but the scenario that happened with her was that she was in a in a forced setup. So mm-hmm. she, since she wasn't going to say, I don't know about this, she kind of felt like she had to go along with it, which you always have agency. You don't have to go along, but she, I think that she was like, ah, we're in a setup. Uh, it's kind of awkward. And then I think she thought, well, I'll just give it a shot. But I, I think at some point, like when she was giving him a hug, which by the way, she was wearing this like red trench coat and like blue bucket hat. And like, those are things we didn't notice the first time, but there are certain outfits that I'm like, what a weird calculated choice that actually like kind of worked. It was like really cool. But, um, as she was saying that I was like, ah, she knows that she's like not into this. And I think, I think it's okay. As someone who is a classic overthinker, um, I think it's okay to say, 
you know, I, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to try this on in the sense that I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop this 20 miles before it starts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if you are thinking, uh, I would never do this, but I'm just going to like have some fun for a month at the risk of like kind of leading someone on. Like, I don't think that's great. And I kind of think she started to get into that territory a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know if she knew it at the beginning, but I think it it seemed like she definitely knew it like in this last half of the episode. I feel like her relationship is like a, a direct juxtaposition of Charlotte's relationship with him. Yeah. Where she was like, I'll try it on. I'll see what it's like. I'll meet his friends. I'll go to this party. And then I'll tell him after this, after it's not going to work out where Charlotte's was just like, we're not on the same page with China. Peace. I'm out of here. This relationship was not going to work. Like I feel like <laughs> Charlotte probably sooner rather than she should terminates relationships and Carrie, maybe let this one go on longer than um than she should have but yeah I, I don't i was just curious to see like what your guys take is that is that what dating is like trying on clothes it uh, yeah and i think it's also learning like learning the boundaries of that because i don't know like i i, I don't yeah learning how clearest to communicate that because i don't know like you don't want to come off but like that guy's in a tough position because he said like I scared you away like I was too what do he say too desperate or oh he said could you smell the desperation I think is what he yeah. said yeah, yeah and like I don't know I thought that was an interesting scene to show a guy that was just like mm. how do how do you express that because that that does scare people away like human that's part of human nature it's like the second it sucks that it is this way but it is true that it's like if someone doesn't text you back you immediately perk up in a way that's like huh i want them to text me back and like i think the best case scenario is that you can just clearly communicate and so i think she went out early but that's just part of dating more as an adult is like being clear about your expectations and being clear about what you're looking for even if that is like i've talked to some people that they're just like first day they're like yeah, like I don't want to be married. And mm-hmm. in my head, I do, but that's not the first thing I'm thinking of on a first date. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, I, like, what am I doing here? But also, like, if, if they said I want to be married, I'd be like, oh, what am I doing here? So it's mm. like, it is a sensitive thing because you don't want to be like, yeah. I, you know, but I do think that people need to, but he didn't. He also didn't say that on the first date. He said it like, true on the like sixth date, maybe like fourth. And yeah, because he he took her out a bunch in like the first week they or something. Some like movies. That. They, they, they went saw, like, to movies. Godzilla, so, City of Angels. Um, you know, you know who's in Godzilla? The monster Godzilla. Ma- Matthew Broderick. <laughs> oh. Oh, Matthew yeah, Broderick, her husband's. The I just, lead. I actually was literally just reading about the history of Godzilla. Yeah, because yeah. they're coming out with um, King Kong versus Godzilla, which yeah, you know, I traditionally don't watch movies like that, but it's COVID. I think I probably will. Um, okay, so we got a good question here. It's from. I'm not a done Costella. talking about Godzilla. Actually, I was going to okay. say you really cut him off on that because I had a Godzilla story as well. 
<laughs> okay, time's a chicken. Okay, this is a good. So we have a good question from you know. You know what's really funny is last week when we were recording, my mic was turned down, and I kept and there were moments where that kept happening, and and I was like, I guess they can't hear me. And no, this week, I, with your mic. this week has, I fixed it. My mic volume is good, and you still just talk right over it. And, and it just has to do with Kevin just powerhousing. <laughs> just I'll tell you like. Why. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because it's because I have something to say. If this no, isn't it's a because, Godzilla it's related I was looking at the question, Inst- I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I was looking at the Instagram. Okay, so the the question is, who would win, Mothra Godzilla or Godzilla? was an allegory for the atomic bomb, and I never knew that and thought that was interesting. Okay, read your fucking Instagram question. <laughs> how how would Mothra ever fight against Godzilla? That's the question I have. Moths are made of fucking paper. <laughs> yeah, but he's a big moth. So. They're attracted to light, and Godzilla has light in his... I don't know. All right, go ahead. All right. Isn't it weird how <laughs> Carrie gets blamed for seeing her friend's husband's dick? Is it weird that Carrie gets blamed for her mm. friend's husband's dick? From at a Costella on Instagram. It is very weird. It is weird. It is, I've, I've definitely, <laughs> I definitely didn't think about that, but it is really weird. And I think that relationship's probably not the healthiest relationship. And like you said, that woman who's married to a uh, pepper pepper grinder dick is probably very insecure. And that's just like another example of her attacking Carrie for something that she should be attacking her husband for. Yeah. That, that, yeah. It, great that, question though. Yeah. Great question. That whole thing doesn't make sense. Well, the other thing, it happens the same way with Kim Cattrall uh, and the guy who's just, she's talking to when the wife comes in. Wait, are you talking about the guy that looks like Stephen King? Yeah, yeah, dude, that guy looks so much like Stephen King. I, he looks so like jacked Stephen King. Yeah, he's like super jacked Stephen King. But I think, I mean, John, you're in like a healthy relationship, so I feel like, it, not just healthy, but I feel like you and Katie are aggressively not jealous people. Mm. Like it's like barely in your nature to, to be jealous, in a way that other people like are naturally jealous, and then they have to deal with that as best as they can. But like, I don't know, is that is that true to, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there is truth to that, that it's like once your husbands are married, like a lot of men cheat, a lot of men have, have their eye are still on the prowl, even in small flirtatious ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like this wouldn't be on the show, especially this early, if it wasn't a thing that was like much talked about that some married women have to have to play play some hardcore defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, plot like plot lines like this are, are kind of difficult for me to to relate to because I am very not like sexually motivated. Like like I was I was the and when you talk about like the guys that always have to be in relationships, like I didn't date someone ten years prior to dating Katie. Like relationships in that part of my life were never a motivator for me. So I can't imagine a world in which I would feel the need to just smugly stand outside of one of Katie's friends' rooms while they were visiting us with my dick out. Like I just I don't under I don't know what that feeling is like for that well, person. Yeah. Like, I mean that's different. That guy, so. I think that's different than you being that's that's I was talking more about because I think where that stemmed from is the wife getting mad at Katie by because she's threatened by her sexuality. Mm-hmm. 
where because she's free to have sex with whoever she wants, like Kim says, and then that's what happened at the bar. I'm talking more about if you were chatting at a party with another girl, I don't think Katie would be like, hi, and what's uh, your name? No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not at all. <clears throat> no, I think I think that's like that's also like a, a, a character of, I, I know all types of people in all types of relationships, and I don't know very many people who would be like that aggressive about their insecurities in their relationship. Mm-hmm. I think the way that would really play out is like, hey, like I saw you like talking to that person in the bar. Like, like is is there anything we need to chat about or something like that? Like trying to approach it like that. I don't. I'm, but maybe, yeah. I, maybe there's plenty of people in relationships outside of our social circle that where they're like, I need to keep a tight grasp on my person because if not, they will go find Jolene the banker and and hook up with them. You know. So yeah. I bet there's, I bet there's, you know how every, every 12 hours there's a Darman Greg reference. Oh yeah. I bet, I bet everywhere in the world when there's parties, every Saturday night, there's 100,000 conversations between couples on the way home from oh, a pro- Saturday oh, night that are they're like, what was that? Yeah. 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 Why, why are you talking to Brian? How the fuck do you know Brian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's how does she know brother. Brian? I, I think that, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, don't want to make I don't want to make like huge generalizations about people's relationships, but I imagine if those conversations are happening frequently in a relationship, yeah. that the relationship that there's some insecurity issues that probably need to be hammered out. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a red True. flag. Hey, I want to I uh I want to ask you also. We got a voicemail that uh, I'm just going to play the last part of it. It's a it's a general question, but I think it actually I'll just play it. Hang on. This is from Sonia. She says, "I was wondering what you guys think of the rewatch. Are you like realizing things that you didn't see the first time around because I always feel like when I rewatch it, I notice things that I did not pick up on the first time." Thank you guys so much. I love you. Bye. So that was Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for your voicemail. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I, I know we joked about it at the beginning of this, but re-watch, rewatching this, these three short episodes that we watched has been so much fun. When I watch a TV show, I'm very like in the moment and I need to like, even, even when we watched the first season, I like wrote down meticulous notes. I would write like three pages of notes right. for the entire show and kind of be so into documenting everything and not forgetting everything and getting talking points that I kind of almost missed it. And now mm-hmm. I'm just having the most fun just watching it like I think you're supposed to, which is like laid mm-hmm. back, taking it all in, mm-hmm. right, attaching yourself to the goof. So, Sonia, I am having an absolute blast. Yeah, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm enjoying it partially. I feel like we're more relaxed. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, but I think we're more relaxed to have longer conversations about things related to the show. But one thing specifically, uh, yeah, it's cause we got the Himalayan salt rock lamp. That's why, <laughs> um, one thing specifically I'm noticing, and this might just be a first season thing. I think it is a first season thing. We see a lot more of Carrie's life and friends outside of the three, her three women friends outside mm. of the four girls, like that random couple she was eating lunch with who they were very weird. The ones that were married and he was like, remember that day we got married, baby. And she was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? Like that, that couple was the ones that set him up with the friend. 
But I feel like this is a first season thing, but we're seeing a lot more of her world outside of the four ladies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, I, I think that probably goes away once you just get into their world and like big becomes more of a thing. But I, I think that's probably patterned after just like what New York, the New York scene was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah, they, it, they, they like, need to fully flush out the supporting characters more. Like eventually yeah, totally. every character, which I will say, Tell me if I'm crazy, but does the lesbian that Miranda go on a date with not remind you of a lesbian version of Steve? <laughs> I did not think Steve of vibes. that. I'm sorry. She's got Steve vibes. Anyway, she kind of does have Steve vibes after Miranda kisses her. And then she's like, nope, she's like yeah, not gay. No. Nope, not a bit. Nope. You're not gay. And you got to work on your free throw form. I don't know. Um, Dude, that that actress, <clears throat> I looked her up. She's been in like a ton of stuff. Um, and also the guy that set her up, we noticed this the first time, but the guy that set her up with the uh with Sid, the lesbian, is John Benjamin, Archer. Oh that's yeah. Archer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um well uh we got a we got another we got a we're gonna continue on this journey. I'm Next up is Valley of the 20 something guys. And that's on our Patreon. Uh, so go subscribe to our Patreon for five bucks a month. Or if you want to be our Mr. Big, give us a little more and um, just follow do a quick this mental with exercise us. with me. Listener. Think about all the stupid shit that you spend <laughs> $5 on every single month. Think yeah. about that. Just like, what? I, like, there's so many times that I spend $5. I'm like, why the fuck did I spend $5 on that? It was worthless. It was bad coffee. It was a drink I didn't even like. It was, yeah. it was food that I purchased and then got rotten. I had to get rid of, you know, you know, it wouldn't spoil or taste bad being our patron, mm-hmm. being a, one of the select few and proud supporters of the Bradshaw boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can be you. Could, and we'll be in be. your ears twice a week. We'll be getting that double, stuff. double the pleasure, double the fun with the Bradshaw Boys Patreon. Oh, <laughs> wow! Look at that. We got to record that as a jingle. Mm. That's right. Double um, the pressure. All right, all right, Later, fun. taters. Love you guys so much. Shrewd Le- move, counselor. <laughs> Do you remember that? Bye. <laughs> Messages. If you remember that, later, taters. Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.